Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 141 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I am really excited to be here with you today, and I'm also really excited about the topic that my caller brought to the show today. But before we get there, I just got a few things for you. So the first thing is, I was doing this more over the summer, but I want to bring it back. So I want to know how you're listening to this podcast. Are you walking your dog? Are you doing dishes? Are you cooking? Are you cleaning? Are Are you driving somewhere? Are you walking somewhere? Are you at work? So take a screenshot or take a, not a screenshot, take a selfie or take a photo of wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and let me know. So put it on Instagram stories and tag me. I'm Veronica E. Grant, and make sure you use the hashtag lovelifeconnection so I can find it. Um, I love seeing you guys post these pictures on Instagram. It just warms my heart every single time, and they're just really fun. And also, it's been a really great way for you all to connect with each other because you can use hashtag love life connection to find other listeners of the podcast. And who knows, there might be someone really nearby. And also, if you haven't left a review on the podcast yet, please take a minute to do that. All you have to do is scroll down on your podcast player. You can tap the stars, leave a like literally 0.1 seconds to leave a rating. And if you have 30 more seconds, leave a quick review. And it really helps to grow the show and to help me to keep this show going so that I can get into the earbuds of more awesome women just like you. And the final thing that I'm really excited about before we get to today's podcast episode is my free checklist, seven things every woman needs to find love. Now, this is something I created, oh my gosh, probably a year ago, maybe actually a little bit more than a year ago. And I promoted it a little bit, but not too much to you all. And I realized that I'm kind of sitting on a little gym here that I have not been... um, 
uh, giveth. <laughs> so I am giving this all to you. I mean, it's already been available for free, but now I just want to make sure that everyone knows about it. And it's, and it's really, it's really good. I mean, not to like, you know, toot my own horn, but I really spent a lot of time creating this guide for you because what I find a lot of times when women first find my work or discover me on Facebook or podcast or Instagram or whatever it is, is they're coming to me with like, well, should I be doing this? Or do I need to be on this app? Or what am I doing wrong here? And all of these statements last questions really have the same premise, which is like something is wrong with me or I'm not doing something right. And the answer is outside of me. And that's pretty much the opposite of how I coach. I truly deeply believe that everyone already has everything that they need, including you. You already have everything you need already inside of you. And the work and the work I do with my clients is not to quote unquote, find it, but it's to remove all of the gunk that's making it so that you can't hear that voice or trust that voice or even know that it's there. And so this checklist is really just seven areas of mindsets and belief and emotional health that I think that every woman needs to be in, in order to find love. So I just have a lot of journaling questions and just questions you can discuss um, with your inner child or with a friend or with a coach or a therapist or whatever it is, that will really help you just to uncover some of these truths that are already inside of you so that you can get into a healthier mindset when it comes to dating and finding love. So all all you have to do to grab that checklist checklist is head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash checklist. So pretty easy, veronicagrant.com forward slash checklist and download that puppy for free. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm really excited for you all to use it and to reflect on some of the questions that are there. And of course, as you work through the guide or listening to these podcasts or whatever it is you're doing, please connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Veronica E. Grant. And just let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know if you have any questions. um, And let me know how I can continue supporting you through my posts on Instagram and Facebook and podcasts and offerings and all that type of fun stuff. Love and I open enrollment a few times a year. So if you're interested in learning more and checking it out and seeing if it's the right fit for you, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. Enrollment is actually closed, but I will be opening it at some point in the near future. So if you're on the wait list, you'll be the first to know and you'll also get access to early bonuses and goodies and gifts that I give out to uh, people on the wait list. So again, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe to jump on the wait list there. So I really love Raquel's question today because basically what she's asking me is, you know, I was not so great in my past relationship. I wasn't faithful to my partner and I feel really guilty about that and I feel like I'm paying the price. So Am I experiencing karma? And if so, how do I get out of that? And that's essentially the premise of her question. I'm obviously paraphrasing here. You'll hear her exact question once I bring her onto the show. But I really love this question. And it's just really near and dear to my heart because you all know if you listen here that I love the woo. I love talking about the moon and astrology and crystals and oracle cards and uh, spirituality and sage and all that kind of fun stuff. And so I love to be able to talk about this idea of karma because karma is widely misunderstood in our culture. I should say Western culture. Um, The pop culture definition basically is like what goes around comes around and that's what karma is. And that's just not really what karma actually is. And I think that's just a really difficult place to be in where you can just breed a lot of resentment or guilt. And both of those are just completely useless emotions that aren't going to help you get from A to Z. But if you look at karma in a way that it actually was 
intended to be that is still true in Eastern cultures and traditions, um, and apply that to your own life, it can actually be a really empowering way to look at past relationships where maybe they didn't go the way you wanted them to go, or you have some remorse and how they went, looking at the karma of it can actually be quite healing um, for you to move forward and on with your life and into the next relationship. So as you're listening to my conversation with Raquel today, I want you to consider, do you feel like you are getting payback for a way you treated someone in your past? And do you often take responsibility, 100% responsibility for a relationship or just really anything in your life going wrong? Have you not really forgiven yourself for past behaviors? Have you ever been put on a pedestal by your parents or by someone that you dated? Or have you put them on a pedestal? Did the people in your past, maybe your parents or past relationship, do they only see the perfect sides of you, but not the humanness of you? And have you felt smothered in a past relationship? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my conversation with Raquel. Hi, Raquel. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Thank you for having me. Um, I basically just am feeling like I'm going through karma. I feel like everything that we went through or everything that I went through with my ex two years ago, I didn't treat him so well to my standards, mm-hmm. I feel like that's all coming back to me now. I feel mm-hmm. like that's why I'm in a rut or that's why I have these horrible experiences. And it's all because I'm stuck in this karma because mm-hmm. of my ex. Mm-hmm. So, Am I stuck in karma? <laughs> <laughs> Are you stuck in karma? Okay. Um, well, let's, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, how do you define karma? Um, what goes around comes around. And I feel as though I, I mean, I wasn't faithful to him. I did cheat on him and I had my own, I was projecting a lot of my crap onto him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like that's why I got cheated on, I cheated on, or if it was because of a anger thing, that's why I get anger directed towards me. So I feel anything that I put out, I'm getting right back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about that, but I want to jump back to this idea of karma first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause I just want to set, the record straight. Where did you learn what goes around comes around? From very, very early on. Um, yeah. My parents are very, very religious. I think I mentioned this a trillion times because it does have so much to do with who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even in the Bible somewhere, I think. <laughs> but um, it was, oh, you know, don't worry about what they do to you in school or, you know, because what goes around comes around and, you know, it's always going to come back. So mm-hmm. it was just a very, very early on. Mm-hmm. karma was instilled. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know much about the new Testament, but the old Testament karma isn't there. Karma is from, um, Eastern religions. I don't know about the new Testament though. I can't okay. That. Um, but here's the thing, like, I don't, I mean, yeah, karma is a lot older than like this cool new agey, like, you know, I'm going to go do right. yoga, pray to Krishna stuff. So like, um, and so a lot of times in that translation of Western cultures adopting certain parts of Eastern cultures, like yoga, meditation, um, certain parts of like, um, the Hindu religion or Buddhist religion or astrology or Ayurveda, like all of those things, like a lot of times when they get just kind of dropped <laughs> into Western uh-huh. culture, um, 
the, I don't know if it's like literally a translation problem, but sometimes people take their own interpretation of what a concept is and then that becomes, and they teach that. Um, And karma is one of those things. Okay. That makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. So karma, yes, in pop culture is kind of like this comes around, goes around type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's just like completely made up because from Eastern traditions, karma is not that at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So karma and I think, and, and when I explain what it is, you can see, you can probably begin to see how people might've gotten it confused, but what karma is basically is first of all, you have to believe well, again, like karma is from the Hindu religion. And so I believe it's Hindu. I don't know. It's definitely Eastern and definitely from religions or practices where multiple people are, people are believed to have multiple lives, right? Mm-hmm. right so right. karma is basically you being born into this life um, with an unresolved soul lesson that you haven't resolved from a previous life. Okay. So All it basically right. becomes like... Um, the thing that you need to learn or overcome in order to have whatever it is that you want in this life. Right. So if okay. you have like a lot of business success or a relationship or a family or like whatever, then your karma is going to hold you back. And that's what you have to really work through um, in order to reach your Dharma, which is uh-huh. basically your um, destiny. I could put it like that. Um, okay. So you know, and, and Dharma is also like a widely misunderstood term, maybe a little less so than karma, but karma and Dharma go together. Karma is simply like, and if you don't believe in past lives, you can just believe in like, okay, this is the soul curriculum I was born with that I have to work through. Okay. So, um, I don't know if that helps you at all with like the, what comes around goes around, but what I want to talk about is, um, okay. First of all, does that make sense? Do you have any questions? It does. Okay. Yeah, no, no, that makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. But okay. you know, it's, it's a little unfair because it's like, okay, so how am I responsible for something that I did in a past life and I didn't really have any control over it, but right. You know. It's not even though like being responsible, it's just that like, um, you know, when, when you, I mean, if you, again, if you're going with the belief of past lives, it's, you know, if you believe that and you, you died without learning this lesson, it's like, well, that's just going to become like your lesson for, and if you don't like that idea, then you can just think of like, okay, this is my one and only life. And this is like the thing I have to overcome in order to reach my Dharma, my destiny, my soul destiny. Um, so that all being said, talk to me about this relationship. Tell me, um, you know, you, you said there was cheating. Um, so describe to me that woman who was in that relationship. Uh, God, you know, it's only two years ago, but that was by far my longest relationship. That wasn't my son's father, my ex-husband. Um, mm-hmm. I was just not even healed from my, and I still am not healed over my, my ex, my ex-husband's uh, stuff. And I met him and I was still trying to prove a point. I was still trying to say, ah, I was just a different person, you know, and I feel so bad thinking about it because I'm not that person anymore. Um, And he, you know, he's married now Mm -hmm. and good for him because I don't feel like 
I would have been fair to him, but I was just insecure and trying to, like I said, trying to prove a point that I can make a relationship work. And, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, I was still fighting with these inner demons of, but I can get anybody I want to, because that's still unresolved. And I had a lot of crap going on myself. And I totally acknowledge that. And I realize that, but I was Mm -hmm. projecting that on him. And Mm -hmm. he had his own baggage as well. You know, we all, we're all on some level facing our own trauma. Right, right. We all have our own stuff. What I'm trying to get to the bottom of is why do you feel, I mean, would you describe this as feeling guilty? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So why do you feel guilty? What do you feel guilty about? I feel like he really did give me 110% and I didn't even give him half of that. So I feel really, really bad about that because Mm -hmm. aside from him, all the other guys in my life have been jerks and douchebags and he was the only one that actually put me on this pedestal and cared about me and showed me that you know he was going to be there for me no matter what and he didn't cheat and he was so supportive about everything and he was just great all around Mm. and I didn't treat him um I thought you said he did cheat no I cheated oh he was mm, no he did not well as far as I know (laughs) no he did not I did okay got it got it and um, what felt unsettling in the relationship? Like, what, was that? Like, what were you looking for when you were when you were going out to look for other, looking at other men? What were you looking he, for? Um, sexual, because it was everything else was perfect. You know, he was great, supportive, caring, loving, but he was very insecure about himself, and mm-hmm. that translated into the bedroom. And I figured, well, if he's not gonna please me, I'm gonna find somebody who does please me in just that aspect, and. Um, I got what I needed. I got my, had my cake and need too, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Totally selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your relationship like with sex? Uh, with, oh, oh God. <laughs> I was very, very promiscuous um, after my son's father, my ex-husband. Like everything fell apart. I got married really early. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't work out and mm-hmm. I had a bunch of crap from that. And that was my weapon. That was like my drug. I know people will say that, you know, in troubling times they go towards drinking or, or drugs. Sex was my drug. Um, mm-hmm. It was my needing to feel high. It was my needing right. to validation. And that was, okay. that was my relationship was cause I'm not right. even like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. So, and that's what I was going to get at. I was like, um, cause a lot of times people say, like, well, I'm just a really sexual person. I'm like, we all are, we're humans. But like, um, when we really are really craving it from someone else, it's usually not about the sex anymore. It's about right. the validation. And so I'm glad you said that. Um, cause that's where I wanted to get, get you to. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So then let's bring that back to this past relationship. So you're in this relationship. He, you said you, he put you on a pedestal, which I want to put a pin in that. Cause I want to come back to that. Um, uh, but essentially, because the sex wasn't quite there, you weren't able to feel validated. Right. Validation in the relationship, correct? Correct. Right. And um, and so let's go back to this pedestal thing. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how did he put you on a pedestal? Uh, I mean, it was constantly showering me with attention and affection and saying I was out of his league and I'm so hot and I was way too hot for him. and. Uh, he would stop on my job and bring me little snacks and flowers and he would always say I was the best thing that ever happened to him and 
I was the best person and I, I just I could not do no wrong at all. Mm-hmm. And that was a part of like I felt a lot of pressure. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a cop out at all, but it was like I lived up to this image of being perfect and the best one he's ever dated and the best one he's ever had. And he's never thought about marriage with anybody else but me. And so that was a lot. And why do you think he put you on a pedestal like that? He came also from a very strict religious household, Mm -hmm. uh, but his religion is a little bit different than mine. Um, He was without naming names or whatever. He was very into his religion and he got kicked out and, Mm -hmm that was when he was trying to explore who he was. So up until me, he didn't really have any kind of exposure to dating and to worldly things. Um, So everybody he did date failed in comparison to me because everybody was in the church for him. It was the boring stuff. It was the stuff that, you know, the courting, but here I come along and I'm the way that I am. And of course I'm different from everybody that he dated. So I got elevated. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think that was healthy for the relationship to put you on a pedestal like that? No, no, because I remember feeling like, oh my God, I feel so, so, so uh, claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's smothering me. Mm-hmm. I feel so like I can't breathe. I can't be myself. I have to live up to this image and this expectation of this person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I didn't want to. I just wanted to be the regular girl that was sitting there eating takeout, watching a movie, not like constantly perfect thing. Yeah. So why do you blame yourself for the relationship? Uh, I broke it off every single time that we did have like a separation. It was me who broke it off. And the last time, and I would just nitpick at anything just to get away. Oh my God, you chewed differently. I'm this is done. I can't take it. So um, I would break up with him. And this last time, well, two years ago now, um, it was because of something dumb. And I know that I made this whole thing up in my head, looking back on it, like, oh come on, Raquel, you really like blew this thing out of proportion. Um, so I just dumped him, and I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I totally blame myself, 100 percent the relationship going south. So but I don't you give just, that, you just told me that you just told me that it was detrimental to the relationship for him to keep you on a pedestal. Yeah. Um, there was just so much crap and you know, obviously you're not just going through a relationship or I wasn't just going through relationship stuff. There's stuff with my kid and stuff with my job and I didn't want to have to deal with just yet another thing. And that was the easiest thing that I could get rid of. Mm-hmm. that makes any sense you know seems like he, you didn't feel seen like you didn't feel seen as a woman right you, you right. um you know you have a job you have a child um you have emotions you have imperfections you have all of these things and um you are taking 100 percent of the blame but from what i can tell is that this relationship was like pretty 50 50 in terms of like the projection yeah um, you know he was definitely can you see how he was projecting like you know he left his faith his church and he saw in you like what could be right not just like in the relationship but just like for his life or for him like this newfound freedom basically 
Correct. Yep. 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 And he, he probably had put that on a pedestal his entire life, or at least as long as he's wanting to be, um, had wanted to get out of the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And so then like, he actually saw it in human form. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. projected all of those things onto you and made you be this thing that you're not. He right. You as human. Right. And saw you as like this utopian idea, yeah. ideal. And I don't know, obviously, everything about him leaving the church. And we have to really necessarily go into that. Um, but and I'm not saying that, like, it was right for you to go cheat or you were justified, blah, blah, blah. Right, like, right. everyone's doing the best they can at the yeah. time. Um, but it definitely seems like for him, he was definitely doing his fair share of projection, yet you're taking all of the blame. 100%. Okay. Yep. So is this a pattern of you taking the blame? Yes. Okay. Tell me about it. Uh, Because when my ex-husband, my son's father, uh, you know, whatever happened between us, it was my fault. It was, I wasn't, he cheated on me. And um, it was online with some people, not just Mm -hmm. one person, not just one female, if Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Um, We had just gotten married in June. And I just turned 20 in July. I found out about everything like the next February. Like it was that, you know, I found mm-hmm. chat rooms and emails. Um, and it was my fault. I wasn't attractive enough. I wasn't flirty enough. I wasn't funny enough. Um, yeah. Even though he was the one who did it. Let's go back even further. Like thinking about childhood. Do you feel like you took the blame or took responsibility for things that Maybe you didn't have to or should have. Um, I think so. Where there's I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. My older sister got pregnant when she was very young and she was still in high school. And I felt as though it was up to me to set, as, set an example for my little sister. So to choose what path she was going to take. So not so much taking the blame, but taking down that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And why did you take that responsibility? Did someone tell you you had to? Uh, not directly, but um, my my dad, my a lot would say things like, "Well, you know, that's why I'm so proud of you because you know your sister did this, that, and the third, but you, you're such a good student, and you're you're so smart, and I know you would never do that, that kind of stuff." You know, mm-hmm. where it wasn't like directly. Mm-hmm. It was just like that side stuff. And so I'm like, oh, God, I better be like kick ass. So like my little sister can be like, I want to be like my kick ass sister, number two, mm-hmm. not number one. But and how did you feel when your dad did that to you? And he was just saying like, you know, you're the good kid. Like you're the one who makes the grades. You're the one who doesn't get pregnant in high school or whatever. How did you feel? It's a lot of pressure. Um, okay. You know, constantly. I have to make sure that I have the good grades. I have to make sure that I'm not getting in trouble. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty similar to this relationship. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like your dad put you on a pedestal too. You got it. <laughs> and you know what? To this day, to this day, I'm 38 years old and. I'm still, my sisters joke and they're like, oh, you know, you're the favorite. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. I totally am. But Mm -hmm. he does. My dad totally puts me on a pedestal. Okay. Okay. 
Have you made these connections before? No, (laughs) ma'am. No, I'm like, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, So it seems to me that the work here is actually to, you know, you can't control what other people are going to do, right? If other people are going to put you on a pedestal, like you can't, once you start trying to control other people, that's when, you know, shit hits the fan, right? Right, right. Um, But you don't have to allow yourself to be put up there. And and I think that's probably the guilt you feel with this relationship because he put you on the pedestal, but like you're buying into that story, Mm -hmm. right? The way that your dad put you on a pedestal and, um, you're also, and, and, and you also bought into that story. Yeah. Did you ever disappoint your dad with like, maybe you did something bad or got a bad grade or anything like that? No, I was, it's so weird because I disappointed him when I went to the army. Like, (laughs) um, I wasn't supposed to do that. I wasn't supposed to be, I was supposed to be a girly girl and Mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to put myself in harm's way. Um, Mm -hmm. that's when I disappointed my dad was by joining and and he'll bring it up and he'll say, just don't ever do something stupid, like join the military again. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm 40. (laughs) I'm going to be 40. I'm not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And how did you deal with that at the time? Well, how old were you when you joined? Oh my God, this uh, was just out of high school, so okay. 18. 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what did? You, uh, how did you manage that? Uh, I ended up getting hurt my second week of basic training, and instead of sticking it out, my dad will come home. It was a stupid idea for you to go, and uh, you know you can do whatever you want when you come back home, and. I toughed it out for a couple of weeks and I had to come back home because mm-hmm. it was, I had broke my ankle. So mm-hmm. it was that I had to start basic training over again. So, uh, because of their, and again, not putting blame on my parents, but if they would have just pushed me a little bit more and said, you know, just tough it out or whatnot, but no, they completely coddled me and they were like, no, 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 come home. And it was mostly my dad. Come home. You don't really need to be there. Mm-hmm. I left. And that's something that I've always regretted number one regret in life. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. So you can see how it's not just in relationships that are going to shift once you can start taking yourself off this pedestal. Right. You know, and, and, and this like, to me, like this is your karma, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? like yeah. your karma is to um, really be seen for who you are, you know, as an imperfect human being. Yeah. Um, and to, um, you know, not buy into other people's stories of whatever they make up to be true in their head about you. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course, like these stories are great. Like, you know, like, and like your dad has wonderful things to say about you and he's so proud of you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, that's great. Yeah. And same with your ex. Um, But it gets to a point where it's when it's like too much, when it's like too much putting you on the pedestal, um, then, you know, it's a long way down when you're on a pedestal. Uh. You got right. it. <laughs> and it, um, and it hurts to fall mm-hmm. and it hurts for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like it hurts you. Um, but it also hurts the people who are putting you on the pedestal because then they're also disappointed and pointed and you feel like that's your fault. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and he said that, well, my ex, he has said that to me before in the past, he would say, you know, nobody will ever fill your shoes. You know, you raised the bar high and I'm like, well, that sucks mm-hmm. for the next person. Sorry. Right. right. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, um, I want to go back to, 
um, when you were little and your dad mm-hmm. was putting you on this pedestal and um, actually let's go ahead and close your eyes and just connect with that little girl. Okay. She's on the pedestal. So it might be a long way down from where she is. And how is she feeling being up there? She feels bad. She feels guilty because my, you know, at the time, my little sister is still Mm -hmm. young. She's still adorable and not doing anything wrong. Like she has to have her chance to shine. And then my older sister is, you know, she made a stupid mistake, but she's still a great person. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel, I feel bad for my sisters because I was put on this pedestal kind of like without me asking for it. I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to look for attention. I wasn't trying to be the best. That's mm-hmm. just the way that it was mm-hmm. made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so she feels guilty. She feels bad. Mm-hmm. Does she feel alone? Does she feels scared. What else does she feel? Um, definitely a lot of fear, mm-hmm. bad, um, insecure, mm-hmm. pressured, just an overwhelming sense of being alone. Yeah. 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 And what would you want to tell that little girl standing on the pedestal? Um, it's... Um, that it's okay, you know, you're fine the way that you are. Mm -hmm. Don't buy into anybody else's story about you. You are who you are. Make your own story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And give her a hug. (laughs) What is is she needing most from an adult in the room, whether it's you or her parents? What is she needing most? Um, Reassurance, reassurance that it is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she doesn't have to do everything right. She doesn't have to do everything by herself. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be a responsible child. Right. She could just be a child. Yeah. Well, she probably wants to feel seen too, seen yeah. who she is and not who her parents want her to be. Right. 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 Yeah. So. Imagine yourself on this pedestal and then like the pedestal is just kind of like sinking into the ground and you just are lowering down, down, down until you get to the ground. And when you get down there, your dad is standing there. What would you want your little girl self to tell your dad? Just love me for who I am. And love my sisters for who they are. Mm-hmm. They're 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 great. We're all great. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And what would you want to hear from him? You are you are great the way that you are. You're different. You're an individual. You're not like your sisters. You're not gonna be like your sister. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes their own choices, so 
my little sister is free to choose. And if she chooses a different path, that's her path. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. So go ahead and open your eyes. How did that feel? Sad. <laughs> what feels sad? Oh, there's just, just a lot of unresolved crap. And I know I have to do like a lot of inner child stuff because she's hurting. And I know that a lot of the stuff that I'm going through now, it stems from childhood. And it's so cliche to say, but and my parents are wonderful. They're, and that's what I feel bad too is they did their best that they can. Right. Everyone's doing the best they can. Yeah. My parents aren't special on that. Everyone's <laughs> doing the best they can. And some people have more or less tools or resources, right? Like for someone who's, you know, an alcoholic, for example, like they're doing the best they can, right? Like, you know, they have a lot of emotions and alcohol is how they can deal with it. Right. Right. And um, it's so wonderful that your parents were able to provide um, just amazing, be amazing role models and just be amazing parents for you. Um, Right. You know, that's, that's such a blessing. Um, And they're doing the best they can, but it doesn't negate um, anything that you experience as a result of the child right. doesn't make them wrong. Doesn't make them bad. Um, you know, I almost wonder if like you're putting them on a pedestal a little bit too. Uh, not really. Cause I do feel like I do blame them a lot too for okay. stuff. <laughs> but it's okay. So like, let's stop the pedestal. Let's stop the blame, like whatever it is. Right. right. Because they're doing the best they can or they could, and they're still doing, everyone's doing the best that they, they mm-hmm. can. Um, and the, it's not about making them right or wrong. It's more about just how you received messaging when you were a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And everything that they did was out of love. Right. Like your dad said those things to you, not because he wanted you to like create this whole ricochet of a pattern around a pedestal and you're like, right. Like that sounds absurd. Like, no, he said that those things because he loved you. Right. He wanted to share that with you and he wanted to express his pride in you. Right. Yes. And yes. it's beautiful. And um, it just came across as like, oh shit, now I'm on this pedestal. And so now I have to like put on this act or this show for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's transferred over to romantic partnerships. Um, yes. Doesn't make your dad right or wrong. Again, he was doing the best he can, but like you have to let go of that level of the guilt in order to do the inner child work. Yeah. And that's just a choice. Right. Like you don't have to like do a bunch of work around that to do that. You just can choose like, okay, I'm going to do this work and I might learn some uncomfortable things about myself and my parents, but I'm not making them wrong because they're not wrong. And that's just a choice. Yeah. That's totally important to, for me to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I really recommend you um, check out the, have you done the inner child work in the tribe? Okay. No, I did like start some of it. Okay. Okay. So once you decide to, you know, drop the guilt that you're blaming your parents or making them wrong, I really recommend you go through the inner child work. Okay. Um, Because what we basically have to do is you have to, you have to take yourself off the pedestal, right? Like Mm. your dad's not going to do that. You're actually, yeah. 
any particular person is not going to do that, right? Like that's your job. You, you have to take yourself off. And if someone says something, and this is kind of like a few steps down the road, but like if someone says something that kind of puts you back on that pedestal, you know, you're the one who has to set that boundary of being like, I'm just human. You know, I I might make a mistake or sometimes I just need to fall apart. Right. And I just need to be there or whatever it is. Um, but that's ultimately your job in order to keep yourself off the pedestal and not let other people put you, put you there. Um, so go through some of that inner child work, like keep talking to your inner child, write her letters, have her write your, um, write you letters back, um, and really begin to nurture this relationship. So she can begin to see that things not going the way they were supposed to go in life. Isn't her fault because your relationship with this ex is not your fault. Like the ending is not your fault. Yeah. Right. Like, yes, I want you to take personal responsibility that it was your choice to go out and sleep with someone else or whatever. Right. Right. But like your personal responsibility kind of ends there. After that, it's more of like getting into relationship, like 50-50 territory. Definitely. And the truth is, is that you didn't feel human in the relationship. He had no ability to make you feel human. You felt like this like supernatural, like kind of Cinderella, kind of like not a real person type of thing. Like that's not who anyone is, including you. Right. And so of course you're not going to feel seen. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You have to, I felt like, I felt like I had to be so many different things. I had to be super mom and I had to be a great worker because he has his own right. business and I worked for him for a little bit. So I had to do that and I had to please him in the bedroom and I was just like perfect in every aspect and it's crazy. Right. Crazy. Right. So can you drop the belief and the guilt that it's your fault this relationship ended? I can. I will. I have to. Yeah, you have to. And doing inner child work is going to make it a lot easier. So there comes a time like when you're doing like a lot of this work that I teach where there's kind of like a give and take a little bit, like doing the inner child work, like doing the deeper work, right? Like where do the beliefs come from, the wounds, blah, blah, blah. But and, And I encourage you to do that. And I do want you to do that. But also at some point, you just have to make a choice of like, this was not my fault. Or it was no more your fault than his fault. Like, like it takes yes. two to tango. Relationships Absolutely. are 50-50, 100%. And at the time, maybe you didn't have that awareness of like, oh shit, he's putting me on a pedestal just like my dad, right? Or you didn't have the tools in order to communicate with them and like, hey babe, like, you know, this is really great, but I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on me and like making me live up to the standard that's not really me. Maybe you didn't have those tools at the time. So you did the best you could. And what you could do at that time was to go, um, uh, you know, go out and meet someone else and um, get your validation that way or just be seen that way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, um, and that's, and that's what you knew then right? You know more now. So yeah. next time you'll do, next time you'll do better. The other thing I want you to listen to is, um, my podcast episode with Joanne. Have you listened to that one? It's episode 139. Is that the one? Does she have an awesome Australian accent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved her accent. I was like, focus, stop focusing <laughs> on her accent. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I love Joanne. So, um, go back and listen to that episode because we talk a lot about, um, you know, really forgiving the person that she was in that relationship. Obviously it's like a different situation than yours, but the same idea. Sure. 
of just like forgiving that person because you really were doing the best you can. And like, and I don't know everything you did in that relationship. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I do know that you are doing the best you can because that's like pretty much universally true. Um, So you can begin to let yourself off the hook and that will help in current and future relationships. Yeah. It'll certainly help me breathe better because I feel like started to feel so terribly bad. So, so terribly bad, but Mm -hmm. you're right. I have to like shift the, it's 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see this past relationship now? Uh, It's less my fault. It really is less my fault. And I kind of knew it in the back of my head, but Mm -hmm. because of who I am and my personality, I was just like, no, 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 I'm to blame for everything. But you know, he did have a lot of his own shit just like I did. It's 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so what are your steps to do? I'm going to do a lot of inner child work. (laughs) I'm going to continue to do that. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to Joanne and her Mm -hmm. fabulous accent. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to keep on trying to take myself off the hook because I am so hard on myself. I am terrible. (laughs) Well, remember, that's a decision. So what are you going to decide to do? How do you mean? Like, are you going to decide, like make, let's do, let's do some statements, like some affirmation statements. So I'm going to decide to okay. let myself off the hook. I'm going to decide to take myself off the pedestal. I'm going to decide to not let other people put me on a pedestal. I'm going to decide that a relationship falling apart is not totally my fault. Um, you know, all of those things. So what are some declarations that you feel like you can make or could be ready to make in um, the next little bit here. I'm going to stop being so hard on myself. I'm going to stop the pattern of allowing people to put me on a pedestal and taking the credit or taking the blame for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, that's the the most important one is to let myself off the hook. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. I think I'm so too. Do that one. Yeah. I think so too. And remember just, and um, just one more thing that I just want to add before we hop off is, um, you know, we started this call talking about karma and dharma. Like karma is like the lesson that you were, your soul was born with that it needs to learn, right? And dharma is like the actual promised land um, or, or, or like your destiny, destiny. Right? Mm-hmm. right? But along the way, you know, on, you know, you're born with your karma and then like you die with your dharma. Let's just put it like on that timeline, right? So along the way of this road from karma to dharma, um, your soul is going to encounter your parents, your siblings, your partners, your husbands, your boyfriends, your friends, your coworkers. And and like along the way, your soul is going to learn things it needs to learn in order to resolve this karma. Ah, And so in that way, every single person that comes into your life, whether it's a one night stand or a marriage, you know, or the son of your, or the father of your son or, or whoever is in some way a soulmate because your soul needed that relationship in that moment in time to learn a specific lesson. Brilliant. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And mm. so another way to look at this relationship is what is the soul or what are the soul lessons there? Like, why did your soul attract his soul? Like, what did you need to learn in order to go towards that Dharma? Right. And so maybe he came into your life purely for the reason 
to highlight this pattern of having people put you on pedestals. Or maybe he came into your life to highlight this pattern of you taking too much responsibility or like you're more than your fair share of responsibility for a relationship ending or the state of a relationship, right? Like, right. And you know, a lot more other things that happen in the relationship. So that might be another really great exercise for you to do is just write down, like, what are the soul lessons? Like, why did your, on a soul level, attract each other? And, um, and just see it as that way, right? And that kind of helps, like, okay, I needed to have that relationship, and it needed to be exactly the way it was, so that my soul could learn that karma to move towards the dharma. Perfect. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Awesome. Good. I'm writing. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I know I can see you writing. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Do you feel complete with this? Like you've got some stuff to move forward? I do. I have some tools and I'm excited to try it and breathe easier. But awesome. thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Raquel, for coming onto the show. As you know, and I told you after we stopped recording, I'm so appreciative of your vulnerability and willingness to be um, really seen and to be coached in a and, and admit some things that you feel really bad about, really shameful about. And that I hope is so healing for you. But I know other women listening will be able to relate. And I know that they're getting the healing through your healing. So thank you. Thank you. Now, if you are interested, anyone in coming on to the show, then send me an email at hello at veronicagrant.com. I'm going to be opening up some more spots, not very many, but definitely some more spots to women outside of the tribe. So if you're interested and grabbing one of those limited spots, then make sure you send me that email sooner rather than later. It's hello at veronicagrant.com. Just say like podcast coaching in the subject line and just send me a quick email that says, Hey, Veronica, I want to come onto the show and I will um, uh, get you set up to uh, to do that. So let's break down this call a little bit so you can have some tangible action steps. The first thing is the definition of karma. Karma is not what goes around comes around. That is just a kind of a bastardization of the definition of karma and what it has been traditionally and what it's still used um, as a definition in Eastern cultures and in a lot of like new agey spiritual cultures here in the West. So karma is not what comes around goes around. Karma is more of like the lesson that your soul is born with that it needs to learn in order to reach its dharma, aka fate. That would be a way to describe or to define dharma. So from that sense, I truly believe that Raquel not only needed to have that relationship with her ex, but I think on some sense, she picked her parents on a soul soul level, so that she could learn this lesson of taking herself off the pedestal and seeing herself and being on the same level in the same playing field as those around her so that she can experience healthy, happy relationships. That really is her dharma or a part of her dharma, but she has to get over or learn this karma in order to do that. And she didn't learn it quite with her parents, although we can see the connection there. And she has to start healing that inner child and healing the relationship with her parents. And um, and then this person came into her life, her former partner came into her life, um, because the lesson still hadn't been learned, it was still playing out, and it will continue to play out until she's really learned the lesson of how she has to be the one to see herself so that others can see her um, for who she really is. Um, You know, of course, she's an amazing human being, but we're all human 
human. So no one's perfect, including Raquel. And so she has to make sure that the people in her life see her that way. So they don't put unfair expectations on her or make her feel smothered, all those types of things. The second thing is that relationships are always two-way streets. Yes, I want you to take responsibility for your actions. So if you do something that you regret, such as cheating or saying something mean to your partner or yelling or whatever it is, take responsibility for the actions, but it still takes two people to get into a happy relationship and it still takes two people to get into an unhappy relationship. And this is true. I don't care what kind of relationship it is. Yes, like some one party in a relationship might have some more malice behind their actions. They might be um, a narcissist or have some other really extreme activities, but it still takes two to be in that relationship. So that being said, take responsibility for the mistakes you made for the actual actions that you took, right? It's not like Raquel is saying, well, because he's put me on a pedestal, he made me go cheat. Like, no, he didn't make her go cheat, but that doesn't mean the cheating was justified. It also doesn't mean that it's not um, completely his fault that the relationship is was in the emotional state that it was. And on the reverse side is don't let someone else blame you for their actions. So if they go out and cheat or look at other women or do something that you don't like or is um, unfaithful or whatever it is. I've heard a lot of women tell me, well, the guy will just blame it on her because she's not being fun as she used to be or whatever. She's not dressing as sexy as she used to be or, you know, whatever. And that might be something that the other partner might genuinely want in the relationship. But if he's still going to go cheat or look and look at other women or whatever, that's still his response. He has to take responsibility for those actions. So everyone takes responsibility for their own specific actions. But it still takes two to tango. It takes two to make a great relationship. It takes two to make a really shitty relationship. And so just notice if you can relate to the pedestal part of the conversation that I talked about with Raquel notice if you've been put on a pedestal, because it can feel really good to be put on a pedestal, right? In a, in a culture of where we're constantly looking for validation from others, we constantly want to be told that we're good enough so that we can feel good enough and feel confident, have a higher self-esteem. So some in some ways, it can feel really good to be on the pedestal. But as you can see from with Raquel's example, that it was literally stifling her, she was feeling suffocated, like she couldn't make a mistake. She couldn't fall apart. She couldn't be human with the people that she was most close to. So of course, she's going to rebel because she's just like feeling like, Oh my God, I have to get out of this. So if you are put on a pedestal, you got to be the one to get yourself off that pedestal because it's ultimately just about boundaries. And we teach people how to treat us. So this really becomes your job to make sure you're treated the way you want to be treated. And part of that includes being taken off the pedestal. So remember that when you're on a pedestal, at some point, you're going to fall, right? And Raquel fell from the pedestal and falls hurt everyone, right? It's eventually going to hurt you because it hurts to fall 30 feet. And who knows, you might land on someone else and and smush them in the process. I I know that's kind of a bad metaphor, but um, it, it hurts everyone when the pedestal comes crashing down. And at some point, it's going to come crashing down. And then finally, if you've been in a relationship before where you just feel really guilty about some behavior that you did, maybe it wasn't even cheating, but maybe you just knew that you weren't really being your best self or you're being really needy or or emotional or um, you were projecting a bunch of stuff onto him, whatever it was, you've got to forgive yourself because one, you were doing the best you could with the tools and knowledge you had at the time, right? Like 
yeah, of course, like whatever you know now, it's more than what you know then. And so of course you would do better now, but like how can you possibly hold yourself to that same expectation or that same standard? You're not being fair to yourself. So one, forgive yourself. You were doing the best you could with the tools and knowledge you had at the time. Now you know more and next time you will do better and you will do better because you have more more tools and resources to work with when shit starts hitting the fan or when things start to feel uncomfortable. And also if it really helps, I really love this idea of karma and thinking about your dharma as well and thinking that every single person that you come into contact with in your life is truly a soulmate. On some level, Raquel needed to have this past relationship with her so she can begin to heal this wound of being on the pedestal with people that are close to her and not having, as a result, real relationships or real connection. This is, I really believe, is her karma in this life that she has to overcome in order to achieve her dharma. So looking at your past relationships, why did you attract them into your life? Why did, or what did you learn on a soul level? If, and if you think back, again, on the soul level, why did you all attract each other, right? Like you didn't attract each other. And you know, I mean, maybe it was just because like, oh, well, we're just neighbors, and we got to know each other. I mean, yes, that's like the surface level answer. But there's another reason why you all attracted each other. And it might be really fun. And this is actually something I have my clients do is um, I have them do like this whole relationship history chart, but you could just do a very similar thing where you just like write down all your past relationships or past one date wonders or one night stands or whatever it was, because I really think everything from one night stands to marriages really can be a soulmate relationship if you choose to look back and see what the soul lessons are. So write all these names down and write like, what did you learn? What did you need to learn in order to be ready for the next one? What did you need to learn in order to be ready for the next one? And if you guys have been listening to me for a while, you know, I did my six part series on how I found love. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend going back to episode 81. It goes through 81 through 86. And I share an epic story, six parts of how how I went through lots of not so great relationships, heart wrenching breakups, and everything in between, and how every single relationship I had, I had to have that relationship in order to get to the next one. And then I learned something in that relationship that allowed me to get to the next one and so forth until I met Stevie. And when you can start looking at relationships from that perspective, it's so much easier to let them go to let the actual person go, but then also to forgive yourself and to let yourself off the hook for anything that you are beating yourself up about. All right. So that is all I have for you all today. One final thing is if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, make sure you stop procrastinating because the end of 2018 is coming up and my um, spots that I have left open for the rest of the year are quickly dwindling and my prices were likely going up next year and I'm going to probably not take on as many one-on-one clients as well next year. So if you want to get in, make sure you go over to veronicagrant.com forward slash find love. And there you can read a little bit more about what it's like to work with me one on one, hear some testimonials, read some testimonials, all that kind of good stuff. And then we can schedule a phone call to hop on the phone just to see if it's the next right fit for you. The phone calls obviously are no obligation. Um, But if you do sign up for a phone call, make sure you're like, you know, really interested and not just wanting to learn more because you can just learn more when you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash find love, where I outline really the whole 
program and the way I work with um, clients and the things that we do and past client experiences, all that kind of good stuff. So if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, I look forward to hearing from you. Just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash find love, and you will get all of the steps there you need uh, to move forward if it sounds like the right fit for you. All right, my dears, that is all I have for you. And I'm really excited about next week's podcast episode. I've got a really good friend coming on and she is sharing so many epic stories. I can't wait to share. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.